Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. This week on the show, we talk about managing nerves ahead of results and how it's important to stay focused on those things in your control. We're also looking at news stories, including the European country pushing facial recognition on its citizens and the city using skiing to help sustainability before getting to this week's student questions. So I'm Connor and I'm joined today with Alan. Hello, everybody. And speaking of nerves, we are live on Instagram. For yeah, so, so maybe <laughs> when you're listening to the podcast, we won't sound as nervous, but right now we're, <laughs> we're, we're live. So forgive us for whatever we might say. Yeah, live. for whatever happens hereafter. Yeah. Um, okay, so results are going to be on Monday. So when yes. people are listening to this, I suppose, what mindset are students in before we get to what they They're should be? probably thinking I have 24 hours of freedom left before before the pain may hit. Yeah, it's a funny one because we've we've talked so long about students not studying um, and they wait till the results. And at this stage, you can't argue with somebody who hasn't studied and say, no, study for the next two days until your results come. Um, It's a really weird time. I think I got results recently and it's a very strange thing because you go through ups and downs and you think, oh, I've done okay, or maybe I haven't done okay. And you start reliving yeah the exam a hundred times and then i think most people get a text now from acca i don't even know how it works yeah, no, they, <laughs> yeah. they, get, they get a text now and like it just says pass or fail and, yeah. your, and your number and your result and uh it's a it's a tough time um but it's also a good i think you have to go in a positive mindset no yeah. matter pass or fail it doesn't matter especially if you're planning to do an exam in december you don't have time to be honest, to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, and it's that's one of the things I've started noticing a lot in the weekly webinars is the kind of general stance that students take is quite a pessimistic one. Yes. And I completely get that when you're, you know, when you're sitting for exams, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. You don't want to presume that, you know, you've passed or presume everything went perfectly. But I think you have to take probably more the realist approach that there's no point losing, you know, weeks and weeks presuming you failed or letting it eat you up and letting those nerves get in the way of what can actually be a lot of productive, you know, I know that the results are very soon now, but but don't let that result affect, you know, all the productive things you can get done in the next few weeks. So even if it is a case that, you know, the results don't go your way, you can't really wallow in that. You don't really, you can't afford that time if you're looking to a reset or if you, you know, if you have passed, you can't afford to to gloat on that too long because yeah. we're into that kind of six weeks out from exam and every day really does count, even if it is your rest day, if you know that you're studying other days around that. Yeah. I think you have to be motivated to be the most optimistic person, no matter what the result. Yeah. And if you failed an exam, you have to say, okay, I failed it, I accept it, I move on. And then I go, okay, I'm going to make sure I do not make the same mistakes again. I'm going to be motivated to prove. And sometimes it's like this battle with an examiner you've never met and it's not even thinking about yeah, you because yeah. they don't know who you are. But me personally, I'd be called, okay, I'm not going to let that examiner fail me the next time. Yeah. And you kind of personify a little bit uh, the person who's failed you and how dare they fail you and you're not going to... You go back again. You can't, you can't give up. And then if you've passed, yes, you, you're as equally as... like. Don't get too cocky, the fact that we'll have passed that no. one. The next one will be easy. And I but think the other big thing, and we always mention it on this, about not comparing yourselves, but I think everyone waiting for results thinks that everyone else is perfectly happy, confident. Yes. The one thing I'd say is the nerves are completely natural. It's mm-hmm. you know There is something at stake. It's at the end of the world. But of course, you, you do have nerves and you do want to pass. But that's natural. Everyone has that. And you know it's, it's just about not letting that consume you. 
and you know don't let whatever happens whether it goes either way on Monday and we'll talk a lot next week we've yeah. results webinars but it's taking whatever that next proactive and productive step is but nerves are a good thing it's like yeah. when we do webinars you still feel that when the 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 webinar is kind of saying three, two, one, and yeah. counting down to go. Or live podcast. Live, yeah, we're live <laughs> podcast on Instagram. But it is that like nerves are good because then it means something and it means you're you're invested in it and it means you're motivated. And there is nobody like it's students doing ACCA now and they fail the exam and they think it's the end of the world. Like the career that they've got ahead of them, they've got so many ups and downs in their career. And they'll look back in 20 years' time and somebody will say, did you ever fail an exam? And they might go, yeah, but I didn't realise how um, minor it was as a, yeah. as a blip or a speed bump along your, your kind of career path. And that's what we say the whole time is it's, it's having this bigger picture and, and knowing that there are going to be these speed bumps, but that, you know, as long as you're focused on that, that kind of bigger goal and you just reassess and you're continually, you know, I think we've mentioned before, no one's going to, or very few are going to have that full smooth run where yeah. they have 11 sittings and get every exam at this stage. I, I think the biggest shame is when people stop because of it. I think they're the, they're the people who are really losing it. Um, like, no matter what your reaction is, and like, ACCA are not failing you on purpose. They don't have, they'd love the pass rates to be higher, to be quite honest. <laughs> Believe me, they are not, they're giving you every opportunity they can to pass. And in fairness, their whole marking scheme is very, skewed in favour of the student. So I'd never, like, kind of blaming ACCA or blaming the examiner for not passing you. No no one person failed you. No. It was a, it was a big process and you got every fair chance. But it's it's when you stop. It's when you kind of find a reason, no, I'm stopping now. Yeah. ACCA is designed to defeat me. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I, I do, and it's a, maybe a terrible thing to say, but if you got 80, you deserved 80. If you got 40, you deserve 40. And, and that that's just a reality and it does reflect your performance on the day and yes people have different experiences in the day and they get nervous and stressed but you have to learn from that and there are career challenges that you overcome yeah and i think the big thing and we talk to lots of students students who have stopped who do take breaks to come back it's it's very hard you know it's it's like anything we always talk about momentum with the exams yeah. it's when you lose that and you're facing kind of picking up and starting again it's hard to get that momentum again which builds and helps you keep passing whereas if you can just keep going and you can kind of clarify it in your own head what you're trying to achieve and what's involved and not letting you know study become this this big horrible thing you dread but yeah. a part of your routine which we always talk about and just continuously reassess where you're at in that cycle it, it does all become a, not, a lot more manageable and knowing that one exam result isn't it's not the it's end not of your ACC career it's never going to come up in any job interview it's actually completely immaterial when as long as you take that next step forward with it nobody has ever asked me what my results were in ACCA yeah. which I'm glad about what were they no it's not the time to share but uh, but that's it nobody ever asks you it's about getting that designation at the end and yes you do have to fight for it but they are professional exams so it is about being professional and recovering in, in any career, the quicker you recover from a speed bump, the more respect you'll actually have. Yeah. That, like, when something goes wrong, it's not about it's how you react to the adversity. It's not about why it went wrong in, in yeah. the beginning. And one thing I always found with exams is because it, it is, you know, you're thinking about it lots. You do want to talk about it with people. You do want to let people know that you passed or failed. Um, and I suppose the weekly webinars that we do, and we have a results webinar, they are great 
platforms to talk with other students, yeah. regardless of which way the exams went. But it's a chance just for someone to listen because, you know, you're thinking about this thing probably lots now over this week and then you go into work and no one might, might really be asking you. So they are a really good chance to talk, talk about those next steps and I suppose meet other students that are in a similar boat to you. And you do, and it's a similar thing. You felt, God, I'm the only one in the world who failed. Yeah, Every yeah. example is because I can tell you you're not. Um, and sometimes it's a comfort for somebody else to come on and say, if you failed financial reporting, somebody else failed it. And what we've seen in the webinars is students talking before and what they've done is they've given each other help. Yeah. They kind of go, oh, I failed it before. I didn't fail it the last time. Here's what I did differently. Yeah. Our jobs are getting very easy. Our jobs are getting very easy. <laughs> all, all we're doing is really, we're like yeah. matchmakers. Yeah. <laughs> Share your experience at ACCA and learn from each other. But that's what it is because these are people who are going through the most recent and part of our job is really allowing them to share their experiences. So come on to the webinars next week um, and share those. And any time over between now and the exams, it's like that opportunity is there every Friday as well as a results webinar. So share those experiences with each other and not only are helping you, but you're, you're helping yourself as well. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. Okay, our first news story is that France will become the first European country to use facial recognition to give its citizens a secure digital ID. They're joining a number of countries like China and Singapore who are using facial recognition um, quite heavily to track citizens. So naturally, there's been a lot of criticism of I this. I can't see why. <laughs> people saying there's no consent, that it's, it's mandatory, um, it's a breach of privacy, and there's uncertainty around how it's it might finally be used even though um they're saying it won't be used to keep tabs on its residents there is a lot of, of course big brother kind there of elements is. george orwell type stuff yeah. um yeah so i suppose is this just a scary natural trend to what extent can can people really control their data when governments yeah. are, are There's something this. weird about a camera following you around picking up your face isn't yeah it? like uh, it's like there's one thing being kind of followed online, I guess, um, or your activity online. Yeah. But like if you're walking around and you're being kind of, it does feel like you're being tracked. And 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 again, you look at privacy, and I'm one or one way I think of privacy of kind of well, I'm not not that bothered, so my life isn't that mm. interesting. So if they really want to follow me around, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not I'm not doing anything that's really gonna attract anybody. But it, it is that whole behavioural thing about kind of. Um, pushing people to change their behavior. Yeah. And it is a bit kind of scary when our report type thing. No, absolutely. I think like the like any of them, like anyone who records your data, they can say that, you know, it's only being used in a certain way, but it's still mm. being recorded. There's still that, it's that still well. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. So even if they're giving the, the best in intentions that that still is being recorded and there's still access to that and then you never really know what's being used with it and it's this umbrella for your own safety and security yeah and like this umbrella that people put it under and like data is the is the new uh, warfare really isn't yeah. it and all, like it's not about um it's not about guns and stuff it's about changing public opinion it's about impacting public opinion you see the thing still things going on in the States about the last election and it's yeah. nearly the next election and they're still discovering things and 
God, Trump. And it's kind of just everyone has to, if they want to compete, they have to do it in that way. Yeah, it's, not like it's, a lo- it's going to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. It's like, if we want to beat those guys, we have to be worse than those guys yeah, were. Yeah. But we're doing it for the best of intentions. No, and I think that's, and one of the big things they're talking about in France is with um, the yellow protesters they're seeing is, you know, regardless of what you say, is this a way to track who's yeah. protesting? And, and you build, like you have in, in spots like China, you can build a profile of citizens or you have this kind of, this this all this data on, on what people do and how they interact and their kind of social standing. Yeah, I'm not too sure government, governments are the people who I trust to say, do exactly what they say and never use it for ulterior yeah. motives, to be quite honest. I think the, the other worrying um, part of it was they said it's, you know, it's entirely secure, that no one would have access and it would only be used in a certain way and I think a French hacker was maybe hired and he accessed it within 75 minutes. He oh, yeah. broke through the, yeah, yeah. the government. So I, I don't know, regardless yeah. of I, how I don't it, think anything you know, some minister who I'm sure is saying this is, yeah, yeah. This this is, a, there's, yeah. there's unbreachable. I think I, that's I've used my from. two daughters' names as the password. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anything is unbreachable. It's, it's the kind of, I always think the hackers are way ahead of the people actually building yeah. the information. And uh, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it. Just that feeling of being followed. No. Around by and I think that the other worrying thing is, you know, some people are saying they're, they're overstepping here, but others are saying it's just the natural way things are going. I think pe- some people are kind of resigned now that yeah. this is coming into countries. But as soon as you, I suppose, take that passive approach, you start seeing it everywhere. I know they're developing something similar in the UK. Well, there's they're, no, there's no stopping it once it starts. Yeah. So, so we'll don't be, let it start. We might need a new, new CPD course. Yeah. <laughs> Managing your facial recognition right, profile. Yeah, yeah. True, we'll all be wearing makeup and hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, our second story is a bit lighter, thankfully. And yeah. um, Laura, who's in our marketing team, will be very happy to hear this is about sustainability. Which okay, we're yes, kind of bringing. which we're big on. So Copenhagen has um, opened its doors to the, first, the world's first artificial ski slope above a waste incinerator. So it's a waste incinerator plant that will um, burn the waste from almost 700,000 residences to produce electricity and heating for the city to try have Copenhagen become the first world's first carbon neutral city. Um, and it's being praised because it's a mix of I suppose, environmental, there's an mm-hmm. economic element, there's a social element. They're trying to get people out and active and have yeah. a community space. So it's really looking at you know, bringing this innovation, which I think we've talked before around sustainability, how you can bring innovation to change how people approach, you know, making cities more environmentally friendly. I think it's only going to be through innovation. And I don't think there's one kind of, nobody is going to find the key to destroying carbon on our behalf Mm -hmm. somehow. I don't think that's going to happen. So it's only through innovation of projects like this and they work and that other governments taking on board, I guess, the good things that they've done. Um, and it's great to see that, as you said, it's a mixture of everything and you have to kind of give good reasons why something works. So it can't be just, um, it's good for the environment. I think, although that should be enough now, don't get me yeah. wrong, but it never seems to be enough. So you have to, that economic and social value. Yeah. And if you can make that and the result is a much better environmental impact or positive impact. Yeah. Um, I do think that's the way forward because at the end of the day, um, um, we were speaking of Laura, we were at something last week that talked about the environment and one of those things where like it's great that people do think this, 
but still projects come down to net present values yeah, and yeah. Excel spreadsheets and nobody's going to enter into a project that's loss making even if it is saving future generations. No, Unfortunately, no. that is the mindset. So I think something like this that can make financial sense but be creative and innovative is a brilliant idea. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So Connor, um, our question that's just come in um, through Laura, who's famous in this podcast yeah. today, we'll, we'll have to bring her on one day. Um, so Laura's got a question through Instagram and that is, and I think it's a common thing that, as you said, you we hear in the webinars a lot. It's students kind of, if you look at our timetable or our study timetables, they kind of do their content and then they practice a question. And when they're faced with the question, it's kind of trying to answer that 20 mark question, trying to get that full answer. Um, and they seem to really struggle. Is there any advice that you'd have for them on how to improve that skill? Yeah, I think, and this is, because I've done the webinars the last few weeks, this is, has been asked definitely every week. And I think students are looking for the answer where you say, no, don't do questions, just finish just up the content the books, and then yeah, yeah. it'll all come together. But um, no, the, the main thing, and which I've said in them, is it's just about keeping going, keep writing out your answers, keep trying. And, you know, it might seem a little um, demotivating at the start because you're struggling, but it's all that cycle of attempt the question, do your best on it, read the solution, and then you'll pick up, you know, not just some of the content, but how maybe they formatted it, how they got professional marks, and then maybe try that question again, even that week or that day or mm. within the few days. But it's going through that process that then when you see a similar question like that again, um, you know, you'll be prepared for it. You know how you go about structuring. So it's really, you, you can't afford to ignore attempting questions throughout the cycle and even if it feels like you're not learning anything or you're not getting anywhere you won't even notice the improvements you're making each week and each time you do a question until you get closer to the exams and then all that work that you've done when it, it that's what it allows you when you hit that boot camp revision phase to just do questions because you know how to tackle them the other thing i think people find is that you know it never hits a point where you know a question exactly because the examiner is always trying to challenge your train of thought and how you have to think and how you get through the problem so part of it is knowing that you're not necessarily going to know the exact solution but using the knowledge you have to think through it and kind of explain that on a page there's no silver bullet i think is what you're saying <laughs> no. and it is hard work and yeah. it's just uh, and sometimes it feels like real baby steps no and but you're, you keep getting keep getting nearly for it's like walking down a really long road and you think god that road goes on for ages but eventually you do get to the end of it yeah and it does come together it's really a case of perseverance and you'd be surprised students do talk a lot about having that eureka moment where things just start clicking and they yeah. just they suddenly just know how to express it um in their answers okay well that's great um thank you very much for that connor um and all the best for this week we wish you I think myself and Connor definitely wish you all yeah, the best absolutely. in exam results on Monday. Um, we hope to hear, and again, Connor mentioned earlier about sharing your results. Always feel free to share with us. We're always eager to find out how you get on, and we'll talk to you next week. 